Hello and welcome to Game and Watch with Aaron and James, the podcast where we talk about games we've been gaming and movies and TV shows we have been watching. I am Aaron, joined as always by my host Steve. Steve, how are you doing tonight? Peppy, long oh. time no see. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. I mean Pigma. This is Pigma. Yeah, I'm Pigma for this episode. What okay. if I just kept that voice going? Would you want to just start over? Would you demand that we just kind of Cut. I would really, I would admire the commitment because I imagine your throat would be like raw by the end. It would be, uh, and it kind of already is. Um, so well, let's just stop it here. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're doing Star Fox 64 today. Yeah, we are. What a wonderful uh, little game. It, yeah, it, I, it is in many, many ways. I it's been say. memed to death. Yeah, well, well, yeah, we can talk about that uh, because I think it's very memeable. It is. Would you say, and maybe now's not the time to talk about it, but before memes were like a thing, was this like being memed? I hate myself for this conversation already, but it's relevant because this has been, this is an infinitely quotable game. Yeah, I I mean, I think amongst those that play the N64, mm-hmm. probably everyone at least played a rent to this. I think pretty much anyone of a certain age, um, you could probably say, uh, you know, do a barrel roll and they probably know what you meant. Yeah. 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 Although a uh, snobby game, game theorist will tell us that it's not a barrel roll. It's an aileron roll, but barrel roll is way more fun. It, it is. And uh, who cares about what those people think? Um. So yeah, this is a this is a great game. This is uh, one of the early N sixty four era games. Uh, it was released for the Nintendo sixty four in April nineteen ninety seven in Japan, and then June nineteen ninety seven in the US. It was developed and published by Nintendo, produced and designed by the one and only Shigeru Miyamoto. Um, music in part by Koji Kondo, and I I note that especially because there are many moments during this game where there are major Zelda Ocarina of Time vibes. Major. And I think that he he repeated portions of certain melodies for some of the Zelda music. Like the very opening music in Corneria is like the Hyrule Field music. I think. And it's it's very similar. And there are a lot of little, even just um, like you know, several note motifs um, within songs uh, like sort of directly echo some Ocarina stuff. So um, I don't, I don't mind it, honestly. I don't at all. I love this soundtrack and I love the Ocarina of Time soundtrack. So I'm all for it. Agreed. And I, I feel like the soundtrack is like, I don't want to say underrated or underappreciated, just maybe, I don't know, maybe underrated is the word I'm looking for because if you ask people, I mean, it's really recognizable. It's kind of iconic in a way. It's, I, I feel like for, for our generation who owned a Nintendo 64, even if you didn't own Star Fox 64, you probably rented it. You probably played it at a friend's house or you played Smash Brothers. If you play the opening notes of Corneria, I feel like most people in our generation who had a Nintendo 64 would recognize it. Absolutely. Even if they hadn't um, played Star Fox 64 in two decades. Absolutely. I think part of that uh, comes from... Uh, this music, well, you know, I love it. It is more sci-fi than Ocarina of Time's music. Ocarina of Time's music, I think, is uh, more orchestral and kind of lends itself. Very much so. 
where you know to be you know adapted or re-recorded and you know on like the guitar or the piano or whatever um which is how a lot of those songs have stayed you know on the consciousness people covering them on different instruments and like orchestra versions and things like that um but there really hasn't that hasn't been done with this soundtrack uh just because i think it's maybe a little too like sci-fi for that yeah yeah uh, but as like a six, nintendo 64 you know beepy boopy kind of soundtrack like it's it rocks Oh, really? It really does. I mean, it, it has a better soundtrack than many of the games that followed. Um, yes. I mean, it's a Nintendo, it's a Nintendo property. So they have a lot of love in these games. Uh, not that other game developers don't, but it, with the Nintendo product, you generally know you're going to get a certain level of quality. And this certainly is that. Yes. Um, and, and similarly, I would say Star Fox is probably a underappreciated member of Nintendo's kind of portfolio including by me. Um, and I'll just say it now. Like I, I played star Fox 64 first. I dabbled in the original for super Nintendo um, in the years following. And I maybe played star Fox assault a couple times. And then I never, I've never played the, the adventures game and I never played really anything else. Um, including star Fox two. Yeah. I, uh, my real only experience of the series, um, yeah, also Star Fox 64 mm. and Star Fox Zero. Uh, oh, which, yeah. Yeah, uh, which is uh, could have been great. Could have been phenomenal, mm. um, if not for some serious design flaws. But And I say this because I'm no Star Fox expert. Not that you need to be, uh, because, you know, you don't need an appreciation. This is a game. This is a pick up and play. Absolutely. Play really fast. Takes like an hour. Like, it, it's super easy and in, in, in replayable and it's not like it, it doesn't demand to, much of your uh knowledge and like memorizing goes, lore and shit like that it, it goes down to extremely smooth i would say yes very yeah. much so yeah. um this is the second entry in the star fox series there was an original sequel to um the first star fox which was for, for super nintendo um called star fox 2 it was planned for the super nintendo as well but it ended up needing too much processing power, great graphical capabilities. So it was canceled uh, and Star Fox 64 was planned. And Star Fox, the, fir- uh, the first Star Fox required an extra graphics chip on the Super Nintendo cartridge, which was pretty expensive to produce, right? Yes. Um, if I recall, those games, the ones with the FX chip, um, which I believe it's called, were, you know, at the time games were... I mean, kind of how they are priced now, like 60 bucks. But I think games of the FX chip uh, were, I think, like 80 or $90. Like, wow. a good chunk higher uh, in cost. I know that's definitely the case for Mega Man X3. Mega Man X3 in the wild uh, at the time of its release, um, it also used the FX card. And I didn't know that. At the time of its release, it was, like I think, like $90. Holy shit. What else had it? Do you remember offhand? <sighs> I, uh, yeah, I think... I, I know for sure. Up. Yeah, I know for sure Mega Man X3 and uh, Star Fox 1 and Star Fox 2, but I think they needed to do, they want it was too ambitious, Star Fox 2. But yeah, I would be really curious too, the FX chip for the SNES, because uh, several games did make use of it, but uh, I, I know for a fact that in most cases it caused uh, sharp price increases. I'm doing some real-time Googling okay, this right yeah, now, because I'm, I'm very curious as to what, uh, okay, so... Mostly stuff I don't know. Oh, Yoshi's Island had it. I don't remember that. Yeah, it's interesting. No, I mean, it's a really unique, like really impressive visuals of that game. Well, and that's that makes sense knowing that it has a, the FX chip because yeah, that game for the <laughs> Super Nintendo is like again pretty ambitious. Yeah. Um. Doom. 
yeah. yeah. Star Fox Two Stunt Race FX, I, like other things that I just Dirt Racer. What on earth is this? Okay, I this is a brief tangent, but it, it, you know we've. <laughs> I, I have to read this. Unreleased okay, games that used the Super FX chip. Yoshi Racing, and in parentheses it says prototype that later evolved into Croc Legend of the Gobos. What? <laughs> what? Wait, okay, what? There's no citation here. This has got to be. Wait a minute. This has got to be fake. I don't. <sighs> There's no way. I don't want to go down this. Oh my God. Croc was initially. Yeah. I, I am doing some mental math in my head and Holy cow. It, it, it is true. Out. Yeah. Cause I mean, think about Croc legend of the Gobos. Mm. I, I could definitely envision like a cart racer where instead of like holding a, perhaps uh, you had like tank controls and you like held forward maybe. Holy um, Cause like I could see like a Yoshi racing game where it's just you and a bunch of Yoshis either like rolling eggs or like, doing something where yeah. it would be more than just racing. I, I could see it. it we I, we have to, oh, we have to play croc. We need to do an episode on croc. I would. Yeah, I would be down. I just need to figure out how we can do that. I think it's on windows. Oh, perfect. I think so. Um, Thanks for sticking with us for that very uh, yeah. I, large listen, digression, but very that important was, tangent. That was an FX chip tangent. And I think we're all a little, we learned something today. From yeah. Um, so the development of this game is interesting. And I didn't know this until like, I've looked up the Wikipedia to a lot and gone down the rabbit hole for a lot of games that I love. Uh, but I learned new things when I do it with games I haven't done that for. And I learned that 30% of the gameplay of this game is from the original Star Fox. 60% came from the canceled sequel, Star Fox 2. And like the remaining 10% was like new stuff. And so the development of this game was pretty quick. Um and so, you know, the Nintendo 64 could render the kinds of level designs and gameplay that the, you know, the development team had in mind. Um, so, you know, it was finished. Uh, gameplay was finished very early in development. They spent a lot of the development time on audio graphics, enemy AI. And then Star Fox 2 was later finished and released in the Super Nintendo Mini, um, which I remember playing very briefly and just kind of said, fuck it, I don't care. Yeah, and I remember seeing like YouTube videos back in the day of like the the ROM has been floating around the internet forever of you know unreleased Star Fox Two, and to be totally honest, uh, I think Star Fox One and Two look like shit. Um, yeah, I, yeah, they're unplayable and, ones. Yeah, exactly. This game came out yes. just I I mu- like I forced my way through playing the first one, um, yeah. and yeah. I will say that I think uh, the extra time spent on enemy AI uh, was well spent because I think for a Nintendo 64, like pretty, you know, standard, like on the rail shooter, I think the AI like isn't awful. It's not great. It's not. The, the bosses can be a little stupid, but I think some of the common enemy AI like movement patterns and things are, I mean, for the system for an early 64 game, not bad. Yeah. Um, I, I'm actually like, so is some of it, scripted and some of it is a little bit dynamic that's because it's a rail shooter rail shooters are all are by definition scripted aren't they well but so it's both rail shooter and like arena like fighter i mean there is there is some ai so obviously there there is some like you know enemy attack patterns or at least bosses are the most noticeable to me in that like you know a boss might not do this attack the second time you fight it, but it might, it might do it, you know, it, they, you know, the, the order in which they perform certain attacks. Um, it's not like, 
you know, the most brilliant AI ever. Um, it's no, early in for, C4. <laughs> for a rail shooter, you would think it would just be, you know, mow down all the mindless, you right. know, and it's not, it's, it's better than that. Right. Um, so yeah, this, uh, was the first game to support the rumble pack for Nintendo C4, which I remember being pretty neat. Uh, yeah, very, very cool pack. feature. Um, and yeah, um, there was pretty much universally positive reception to this game for the most part. I mean, it, it's like, like I said, it's very replayable. That was widely praised. Um, the controls, um, are very, you know, responsive and, and neat. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty, pretty high praise for this game. I think also too, uh, the controls were not revolutionary, but they were definitely a step up because this was the transition to the Nintendo 64 where you had uh, a joystick instead of, uh, you know, a four button controller pad. Um, so that allowed really smooth movement, right? Um, which is something that, you know, people weren't used to because there had not been a console with a joystick like that. Yep. And then this game, I think you mentioned already, was later remade for the 3DS. Yeah, it's just basically a graphical upgrade. I think there's some touchscreen controls. Um, there might be a multiplayer component. I haven't really I think played there the was. 3DS remake. Um, yeah, probably. Um, but as far as I understand it, it's it's mainly cosmetic upgrades. And I've seen pictures and like it definitely looks nice. Um, yeah. But it's I think it's basically the same game. Yeah. Um. So my history with this game is really, I mean, it's really close to when the game came out. I don't know exactly how far from when the release of the game, but you know, I rented it, played it, beat it. It was a perfect game to rent. Yes. Uh, I would rent it multiple times. And then I remember when my dad installed an S64 emulator on our computer. This is a game I would repeatedly play also. Although the, there was never a controller that we had that was just felt as good as the Nintendo 64 controller for playing this game. I tried when I, when I replayed it for this uh, episode, I played it on switch. Um, I, I actually might've tried it on S64, but you have my Nintendo 64 still. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, but I, I bought the, um, I, I tried playing it initially uh, with handheld um, and the controls were just too uh, annoying to get used to. And I just have the Nintendo 64 controllers uh, con uh, controls forever memorized. Uh, and I bought a Nintendo 64 pro controller. Uh, uh. So I was able to play it the way God intended emulated by Nintendo poorly on a <laughs> console that came out uh, six generations after. Yeah. <laughs> or so, you, know, you know, just like they, yeah. Just like God wanted. Yep. Um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah. I also played on the switch um, for this playthrough. Uh, I played uh, entirely uh, all my runs this time, handheld only, um, which again, like my experience with this game previously was, um, playing on the TV on uh, Nintendo 64, you know, years ago when I was, you know, like 10. Um, and then very briefly uh, on the 3DS. Um, so I haven't really played this on it. I didn't play this on a TV this time, um, but I do think it, it's great handheld. Um, yeah, it I was will fun say, playing handheld, uh, but then I did switch. Yeah, I will say handheld, you're right. The controls are very annoying um, because I also have the 64 controls kind of auto-mapped in my mind. Um, and because the layout is different and there, you know, there are no C buttons, um, I, I kind of constantly accidentally press the wrong button for certain things. Um, but still, I think if you've never played this game and you have the Switch Online uh, account with Nintendo 64, uh, absolutely play this. Yeah. And then, you know, my opinion of it now is pretty much the same as it was back then. Um, 
we'll go get into it in more detail later, but everything I love about this game is not changed. And the kind of annoyances I have at certain things, it's still the same game. Yeah. Still the same game, but definitely worth playing. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so the mechanics of this game are pretty simple. There's really two main like modes of play and really the vast majority of it is just kind of a rail shooter. Um, sometimes both the same level will have multiple switches. So basically when you get to a boss or like, you know, some levels are completely designed around this kind of like arena dogfight like thing. Um, they call all range mode basically. Um, that's where you have kind of just like a square arena and you can kind of, when you hit the border of it, you'll turn around automatically and re-enter. you know, you can turn around and it's, it's, it's a neat way to kind of mix up the gameplay a little bit. And then sometimes boss battles will have, you know, you'll be on the rail shooter, like linear path, the entire level. And then at the end, it'll switch to a boss fight. That is more of like that arena style. Yes. Yeah. Um, you are like, equipped initially with a single laser and you can upgrade that twice by picking up laser pickups uh, to a double green laser and then a double blue laser, which is the most powerful laser in the game. Um, There are bombs um, which have timing uh, that I don't like just that I've just never mastered. I I feel like they do not shoot out the moment you hit B sometimes for me it's um it's how far they go before they blow up i I guess that's what i meant yeah yeah like i i I never have that timing just right um but i was having fun this last playthrough trying to see just for the hell of it if i could get certain medals um and utilizing bombs to help me do that and got a little practice in and made me i feel like i was getting a little bit better at it uh but uh you know not too amazing um but yeah, um, each of the vehicles that you get, well, I guess we should introduce the vehicles. So when yeah. I'm referring to the lasers and such, I'm referring to the standard R-Wing. That's your flying mode. Um, there are two levels, I believe, that have the Landmaster tank. Yes. Um, which is a little unwieldy, a little bit. Um, and then there is one level that has the blue Marine, which is a submarine. And each one of those has this kind of like lock on feature. The blue Marine is a little bit different, um, but you can um, use that to target certain enemies and let, when you let go of the button, it'll shoot a charge shot at them. Yes. Um, I will just say here, I really wish we had gotten all range levels with the landmaster and the blue Marine. Agreed. Um, especially the well, blue Marine moving in like an underwater, imagine like an underwater, like 3d arena like that to move through. Well, <laughs> Man, I don't, or maybe it would be horrible. I don't know. I don't know if I need it. Uh, I'll, I'll go into that more, but landmaster. Absolutely. Um, so the R wing can, um, do depending on whether or not you're in that kind of linear mode or if you're in all range mode, um, the R wing can boost break, and it can always boost or break. It can always do a somersault. Uh, in all range mode, there's, a, there's kind of like a U-turn feature as well. Yes. Um, the, la- the Blue Marine really doesn't have much else to do other than, oh, if you double tap, and this is the same for uh, R-Wing as well, that if you double tap, I think it's L or R or Z, you will um, spin uh, to knock away bullets, uh, lasers, and whatnot. Um, the Landmaster has somewhat similar controls. You can kind of kind of like use boosters on the bottom of the Landmaster to kind of propel you left or right pretty quickly. You can use both to make you hover. You can boost, and you can break. 
Yeah, I would I would say those controls are kind of what make the Landmaster uh, so unique compared to the R wing. Um, the ability yes. to kind of like flip on either side and then to uh, use both to hover briefly. I would um, say that the Landmaster has a I'm not going to say steep learning curve because I've you know you, we play much harder games. It's not a hard game, but I would say the Landmaster tank is an interestingly different learning curve compared to the R wing and the Blue Marine. Would you agree? I actually found the Blue Marine the heart the most difficult. It was the weirdest to go back to after this time, but like it, you can just spam because it has like a homing missile that you could just spam constantly. Well, and because you don't have to hold to lock on. So that's the thing. I my theory is that uh, the kind of unlimited homing missile was a concession uh, because they realized how hard and how um, like you're kind of like moving through molasses. Um, you are a little bit. I think the, but the controls are simpler. There's less that the Blue Marine can do. That's true. That's my point. That is true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty much it for the mechanics. Um, you want to tell us about the plot? Yeah. Um, the plot. Uh, so it's Who cares, your, really. Well, I mean, it's your standard like sci-fi shoot 'em up plot. So uh, on the planet Corneria, the fourth system of the uh, the fourth planet of the Lilat system. Andros, who is a humanoid monkey, professor, doctor, uh, is driven to madness and nearly destroys the planet using biological weapons. General Pepper, uh, who is the de facto ruler, I guess, who is a dog, um, exiles Andros to the remote planet Venom, uh, which, you know, sounds great. Um, Five years later, Pepper uh, detects suspicious activity on Venom, and Pepper hires the Star Fox team, including James McCloud, Peppy Hare, and Pigma Dengar. Uh, I love that. Great name. Yeah, I love that they have last names um, to investigate. So this is the OG Star Fox crew. Yeah. Um, However, Pigma betrays the team, and Andros captures James, uh, and it's assumed James is dead, right? You're supposed to assume that. Yeah. 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 And maybe he actually always was. Mm, maybe um but peppy escapes from venom and informs his son fox uh, about james's fate five years later andros launches an attack across the lilac system um defending corneria pepper summons the new star fox team uh which now consists of fox peppy falco and slippy which yes. we uh will talk about next yeah thank you wikipedia and also when i say james mcleod being dead the whole time i don't mean like he was never he never existed in the first <laughs> yeah place. that's what i thought you meant at first i'm like oh maybe i've I never should, thought yeah, about it wanted to clarify um so you just mentioned most of the main characters um they're all uh what anthropomorphic animals yeah they're all anthropomorphic humanoid like cutesy animal characters um and it works and- well well, yeah, and this was actually a specific suggestion um, from the, the character designer, the artist, um, to make the protagonist and all the characters, um, these cute animals, which he was good at drawing, mainly to contrast from uh, the common character designs in other sci-fi games and shooters, which would be like monsters, aliens, robots, soldiers, things like that. Um, they wanted these characters to be uh, wildly different from kind of those trope uh, character types. So we have Fox um, and I looked up the inspirations for like the main crew. I couldn't find something for everyone, um, but I do know that Fox was inspired by the artist's love of the Fushimi Inari Taisha, yes. um, which is a shrine at the Inari mountain in Japan. Um, it is, I guess it's popular with foxes. There are a lot of foxes in the area and it's adorned with lots of uh, Kitsune statues and Kitsune are kind of the magical um, like Fox spirits in Japanese folklore. 
Um, Falco, um, I couldn't confirm this, but it seems like he was inspired by uh, the Japanese story of Momotaro, um, which I know kind of the shell outline of. Um, but it's Momotaro is like means peach boy, I think. And it's about like a boy who was born from a peach and he mm-hmm. becomes friends with uh, like a pheasant, a dog, a monkey, and I think one other animal. Um, okay. But uh, Falco mm-hmm. uh, is uh, believed to be inspired by the pheasant from the story of Momotaro, just like the Rivali uh, from Breath of the Wild. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, Pepe is inspired by uh, the Chinese myth of the hare and the moon, um, you know, which makes sense. He's a rabbit. He's in space. Um, not and rabbit from Winnie the Pooh. No, not rabbit from Winnie the Pooh. Um, I do love rabbit from Winnie the Pooh. We had some uh, Winnie the Pooh side chat recently. Oh, um, I, I've got a. I've, maybe I should tell you another time about. I did a, a Winnie the Pooh character uh, tier list because uh, I was bored, and I sent it to my to my brothers, uh, and we got there's some controversy. Yeah, please send it to me. We're I'm, very I, passionate I, about. I want to jump into this this the controversy immediately. Um, I I, now I really put like next to no thought uh, into it before I did it. Uh, the only thing that you really need to know is that rabbit is F tier. Uh, we'll talk about it. And owl because owl's a know it all bastard. Owl is not F tier. He's not F tier. Actually, no. Rabbit, I think, was the only person I had. Yeah, Rabbit's F tier. Um, so my favorite uh is Slippy the Frog. Um Same. this is this is true. Uh well, no, he's not my favorite character. I think he's an annoying little piece of shit. Um, but uh mm. this is my favorite uh character inspiration. Uh this is true from my research and what I have read. Apparently, Miyamoto literally said this is a quote: a toad might be all right too. <laughs> um, which what I know of Miyamoto, yep, that that sounds, sounds like right. him. Yeah. Um, really quick note. So Slippy is. I, mean, I was going to mention this in the history, my history with the game. But so my, my the first pet I ever had was a turtle that I named Slippy, and I oh. named like him Slippy after this character, even though I know knew this character was a toad. But Slippy's the, this character's mouth just kind of reminded me of this. I had like a red-eared slider turtle and. They just had similar mouths. So I was like, all right, this character's, you know, or this turtle is slippy. Um, the other thing I was going to mention is that, oh, I guess of the characters, before we get into the other characters, the, the, of the characters you mentioned, they each kind of have like their own one note personality, which is, yeah. you don't need more than that for this game. Like Fox is like the Luke Skywalker. He's like the young buck um, who's just a really talented pilot. Um, he doesn't, you know, he's just your standard kind of like, macho but not annoyingly so like hero you know he's a very standard hero yeah specifically i think um like fighter pilot yeah hero like think top gun he's like the tom cruise in top gun like very cool under pressure yeah falco uh is a piece of shit asshole falco Um, lombardi uh, which i which i think is an insult to italian people everywhere it sure is because i think yeah i think he is an asshole i think their inspiration hey wise guy yeah i think their inspiration here was like asshole wise guy like italian maybe like car racers yeah he's an ungrateful sack of shit (laughs) he is Uh, a blight on a blight on all that you save him and he's like thanks a lot uh god's been saved by fox how swell like hey Um, guess what asshole i'm the leader of this team are you the leader no and also guess what i can your life is in my hands i could shoot you right out of the fucking sky that's true. Uh, Peppy is like kind of a father figure. He's like the old one. Um, just kind of like the the mentor, the one who's saying Obi-Wan Kenobi like stuff, like trust your instincts. 
yeah, you're really ready for Pepe to die in the last level, but he doesn't. Yeah, it's too, the um, game's it, too simple for that kind of it thing. Really, it really sets him up to be like the old guy that, you know, dies and passes yeah. on a new generation. And uh, Slippy is a child that they decided to just give a ship. Well, but also, but he's he also like, the, like a genius also, engineer. Yeah, he designed the submarine, I guess. Which is like keep him in the like keep him in the lab. Why does he need to be out in the field? Yeah, it's like they were running low on soldiers. But this is like apparently the Star Fox team is like a legendary team, like a you know, they're like the neighborhood watch <laughs> of the Lilat system. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then, really, the only other characters worth mentioning, like there's Andros. Well, I guess really the only other characters. Well, we could talk. We'll talk about the. There's a couple extra characters that come up. We'll talk about them in the levels that they come up in. Um, but you, like you mentioned, Andros. He's a he's a monkey. Yes, he is a monkey, um, evil scientist guy. Um, and he was probably also inspired by Momotaro because um, we had the monkey, we had the pheasant, um, and then we do get the uh, the dog in Wolf. Yeah, we got Star Team Star Wolf. And here's what I want to know. Um, did they learn about Star Fox and then just pick a name and be like, hey, we're going to be Star Wolf. Fuck you guys. Like, or is it just like every team is named Star and then whatever animal the leader is? So like uh, is, Andro- is Andros's team like the Team Star Monkey? I, yeah, good point. Um, well, then again, I mean, James McLeod was Star Fox. Uh, and he, well he's well okay sorry you're right he's I, I there for some reason you were saying that it was their first names no just no, the, right. the animal they are um so that star wolf is wolf uh leon who is a what is leon so leon's leon's either a, i think he's a chameleon leon oh, and yeah Andrew, leon like and andrew gecko. i get mixed mixed up yeah i think leon's a chameleon i think you're right yeah uh andrew is another monkey he's andros's he's, like he's, nephew no he's i think he's a goat Oh, I thought Andrew. No, because he says Uncle Andros. I, I know that, he, but I still think he's a goat. Oh, I'm not saying it makes sense. Let's look it up. Let's real time. Okay, and I, well, look it up. I'll just talk about Pigma really quick. Yeah, like Pigma. Uh, really, really, um, great symbolism here. Pigma's a pig. Yeah, he's not great. Uh, no, he's a he's an asshole. Um, he kind of you know he obviously we said he betrayed uh, the original Star Fox team and he mocks Peppy. Uh, don't do that to my peppy. Um, okay, so uh, Andrew Oikoni um, <laughs> is the nephew of Andros. He is a monkey. Um, and would you like to hear on the Arwingpedia his other names? Sure. Arwing? Arwing? <laughs> his nicknames are, quote, the crazed chimp and, quote, the black-hearted <laughs> ape. <laughs> is this just like lore that fans created? I don't know, but I also love that the quote that the uh, the star what Arwingpedia has from at the beginning of the page is "stick to the pond, Froggy." Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, here it says that he is specifically a snow monkey. Oh, which makes sense. Of course, that's that's, that's why he's white. I think yeah. I, I saw the white in the and thought he was a goat for that reason. But uh, um, okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm recovering a bit from this. I, I don't even I, I don't even know what to do with that. Why that was, does he have to have those nicknames? That was delightful. Um, all right. Uh, so we're gonna talk about the levels a little bit now, just to, as an intro to that. So this game is kind of and what, what lends it itself to it, kind of this game's replayability, is there are multiple routes. Um, you always start in the same first level, and the last level is always the same. Uh, 
sort of the last level. Um, and every route is comprised of seven, seven levels. Um, and you know, each one of those routes ends in one of two different approaches to venom. One of them is an easy approach. One of them is a hard approach. And so what we're going to do is, and depending on certain criteria that you meet in each one of these levels, you can change your path to go to really essentially like the game kind of defaults you to the easy route. Um, and if you do the right things, if you do kind of go above and beyond and accomplish certain things, you can change to kind of divert more to the harder route. And so what we're going to do, the way we're going to organize this is we're going to talk about the first level, obviously. Then we're going to talk about the different options for the second level, third level, fourth level, five level, fifth level, sixth level. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, and it should be mentioned um, that, so you kind of mentioned going above and beyond, <clears throat> but that looks specifically like killing certain number of enemies. Um, yes. Your teammates may need to be saved um, from, you know, enemies. So doing that um you know certain time limits just all all sorts of different things but basically um you have to play the level better you have to get more kills you have to do it faster you have to yeah. you know save one of your uh, friends um so you have to show kind of more skill to get on these harder levels for the longest time i was actually not aware uh, of the fact that this is how it worked um, I don't know Same. If when I, when I was first playing this game, I had no idea. I think Brian told me. Yes. <laughs> actually watching our friend Brian play in college. Um, you know, I thought you just randomly got different paths. Um, and he told me one day in the middle of playing Star Fox, he's like, no, dude, you got to get this many kills on this level. And it takes you to on the other path. And my mind was just completely shattered. Like, yeah. like throwing a coconut off the top of, a mountain. I remember sitting in his like in oh, it must have been when this come out. Uh, we were probably like in sixth grade, younger. No, younger yeah, than no, that. No, younger. Like, like yeah, fourth younger. or fifth grade. Yeah. Sitting in his living room, and he he beat all a bunch of enemies in uh sector Y, and they're and Spock's like we're going to Aquas, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? How did you do that? I've like beaten this level tons of times and I can't figure out how to go to Aquas. Yeah. Well, and too, especially when I was a kid and, you know, I wasn't great at video games um, and, you know, seeing all those other planets and being like, how do I get to them? Or like, when is the game going to mm. let me go there? Yeah. It, I miss, I mean, now, you know, I mean, I don't care as much because like I don't have time and I'm just going to look up stuff if I have to with video games, but like, most of the time I do that, but I do miss like being a kid and uh, not knowing what to do, like where, how to get to a certain item, like in a platformer game that you can't like, it's out of reach. And just when it's like a difficult solution, or even if the solution is not that difficult and you finally get it, it's such, it was such an amazing feeling to figure yeah. that out. It was such an incredible victory. Well, and to in general, without looking up the strategy guide and everything. Yeah, and I think in general, developers are less and less willing to, uh, you know, kind of put players out on a limb. Um, I'm thinking something like Dark Souls, which features like numerous hidden areas. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know that like a big AAA game from like Nintendo would ever do anything like that again. Yeah. 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 Um. All right. So Corneria, the first level of the game. I mean, this we'll, we'll just gonna we're gonna talk hopefully briefly about each one of these there's it, it would we'd be here forever there's really yeah, like no yeah. there's 
it would be so boring to talk about all this. Yeah, people. we're not going to give you like the blow by blow on, you know, different enemies or different waves or whatever. We're just going to kind of give you the general idea of the level, kind of like what it looks like, and then our experiences with it. Would you say that's probably fair? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Corneria is a just got a kind of a the green level. It's like the closest to Earth, but there's yeah. there's, there's a lot of water, um, greenery. And you fly through Corneria City and then eventually end up in the outskirts. I've always thought that Corneria City had big um, Dragon Ball City energy. It absolutely does. I'm so yeah. glad you said that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and again, like many levels, there's two kind of two ways to do it. Um, you, depending on how you beat it, you'll end up at one of the next two levels that we're going to describe. Yeah, so if I remember correctly, uh, to go on to uh, the next sector Y, which is harder, but we won't do that. Let's just, yeah, let's just move on. <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't want to talk about how to get, how to do it? The conditions? Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. So, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. like you said, if you just kind of follow the path as is, uh, you'll go one way. Um, but for this level, you have to save Falco. Um, he has enemies behind him. And then there are like these water skier enemies. Um, and... W- like over the water and you have to fly under the arches that they're skating across. It's very tempting if you don't know to do this, to just fly over the arches. Yeah. Um, but doing flying under all of the arches will activate the path. Yep. And I definitely did not figure this out on my own. No. Back then. Um, I, I did it. Like I was able to get to sector yeah. Y. Um, <laughs> I, I just didn't understand why. Yeah. Um, so the easy second level is, and when I say easy, hard, I mean, there's a noticeable difficult, like difficulty difference, but like, it's not, it's not crazy. Yeah. No. Um, Medio, uh, which is an asteroid field and that's really all there is to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a little slower paced. I think they were going for more of like an ominous mood with this one, um, instead of, you know, straight up action, but yeah, it's pretty much an asteroid field. The standard, um, the standard like ending is just complete the level as normal. Um, kind of the bonus to like give you the ability to go to a different third level uh, is there's these kind of blue warp rings that you have to yes. make you know, kind of hit every single one of them. Yes. Uh, and then sector Y uh, is the alternate. That's the harder one. Um, what is it? It's just, just like a, just a bunch uh, actually, of ships around, right? Yeah, I mean, there's like a bunch of yeah, there's a bunch of ships. Um, we get some big. Is this the one that starts featuring the kind of like Gundams? Uh oh yeah, these like I think the wiki like calls it robot show guns. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah. there are these big, um, essentially Gundams um, flying around on yeah. like kind of Gundam command ships. Um, yeah, and you flying through. Um, same thing. I don't remember anything specific about this level. Nothing important. I mean, really, if you if you get uh. If you if you get a, more than a hundred points, then you'll go to Aquas. If you yes. can get a hundred kills or whatnot, um, otherwise you'll go to a different level. Yes. Um, do we should we be talking about the bosses? I didn't really think that. Not really. That I mean, so I would say we can just roughly only if say, it was notable. Well, we can roughly say there are kind of two kinds of bosses. Um, so one kind are dogfights. Um, so that's typically like Star Wolf, essentially. Um, so you're fighting those characters uh, pretty much always in all range mode. Um, and they have more or less the same capabilities you do. They're in like our wings. Um, they're about as maneuverable as you. Um, and those fights are a bit trickier uh, to me. The other kind of boss fights are kind of big, blocky, giant robot type bosses that typically have like glowing weak points um, and various attacks. But that's that's like it for bosses, wouldn't you say? Yeah. 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 
Um, I mean, if there's a notable thing to say about them, we'll, we'll do that. Um, sort of the easiest of the three third stages, um, Fishina, Fishinia, Fishina, which I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I always love this level as a kid. I do. I did too. And I would want to go to it. I was bummed that that when I eventually learned that that was kind of part of like the not, I wish I could, could have done this level every time. Yes. Um, but so anyway, I mean, this is really just, there's this base, uh, and there's a bomb that's planted there and then you try to stop it and Star Wolf shows up and you take them out. And it's really funny if you don't do this level. So if you do this level, when you fight Star Wolf later, which we'll go into, they show up and they've clearly been like injured and shot down like Fox or Wolf is injured. Like Leon has like a like robot eye. Yeah, like yes. and what's funny is that if you don't fight Star Wolf, they still look like that. Yes. It's, it's like, what happened? So, well, yeah, exactly. So they must have had an unrelated accident having nothing to do with Star Fox. <laughs> just imagine them just like accidentally all crashing into a building. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the other uh, kind of like the medium difficulty of the three third stages is Katina, which is where you help Bill, who's a mouse, right? Yeah, there's Bill there's a Gray. couple there's a couple random characters um that only show up in certain levels like for that level only. Yeah. Um so yeah, uh Bill Gray it's yeah. <laughs> Some there's someone that Fox knows. I mean, so there's like a there's a base that's there's an assault on this base and then eventually this kind of like big like mothership, this UFO looking thing shows up and you just have to destroy it um it, if, yeah it reminded me very much of independence day yeah and i should have mentioned for for the previous level if you just if the bomb explodes you end up going to one particular level if you take out star wolf and finish and take care of the bomb um then you go to a different level um for this one you know if you don't destroy the mothership um then you end up going to the easier level and if you destroy it you go to a slightly harder level yes um the last of the three levels is aquas this is probably what i have the most to say about because again as we mentioned this is the only level that uses the submarine i think this is one of the hardest levels i used to think that i do not think that anymore and one of the reasons i thought that was because it's so fucking dark and you basically are using your torpedoes to see. Yes. Which is a weird choice. I mean, I, I, it's interesting. I, it's kind of neat because like, well, okay, well, if you're in the, the, the great deep, like it is dark, right? But yes. for just playability, I just think it's a much weaker visual level than like all the other levels. You um, will also, you kind of move like molasses because you're in water. Um, so you're slower and it's dark. Um, also, I feel like the enemies hit harder here or they're much harder to avoid. I don't know which it is or maybe both. I mean, I, I used to think this was hard. I think there are at least two levels that are harder than this. And, and the, the thing that gave me the most frustration when I was younger was this was like the boss I could not fucking figure out how to beat. I don't know why. Like, it's like a I, big I, clam. It's a big clamshell monster, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you have to, I think, regularly shoot at parts of its shell and it'll open and, oh, or is it's, this it's, one? There's a difference between, so you, is you have lasers and you have torpedoes. Yes. Certain things you have to hit with lasers and certain yes. things you have to hit with torpedoes. And yes, that was just, that blue, that I just couldn't figure that out when I was little. Um, no matter how you beat this level, I mean, there's only one way to beat this level and you'll go to the same fourth level no matter what. Um, the fourth level of those, the easiest one is sector x 
which is yes. again just kind of this like space base the this the ruins of some space base floating in the air it was destroyed by something there's so many lettered sectors in this system yeah. and they're only distinguished by a color kind of like cloud in the background this like almost like a <laughs> yeah. star i don't even know it's like a nebula i think yeah a nebula that's the word um and you find out that there's this kind of like invisible robot uh that reveals itself at the end um you know if you there's like four different ways to beat this level one is you go through these different gates and you warp to a, a particular fifth level um if you beat the final boss quickly enough you'll go to kind of the standard medium path level if you do not beat the boss fast enough it will slap slippy out of the air and slippy will crash land on titania (sighs) which i this like this is the the titania well i guess we'll talk about it in a second (laughs) um okay i I was about to go on a tangent about titania but i i'm not going to uh that's probably my least played level in the game um because i don't like when slippy gets slapped and i don't like that level um solar which is an all fire level. It's the sun. I mean, it's the sun of Corneria's solar system. Essentially. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You're right. <laughs> uh, this is another one where you only have like one way to beat it. Uh, just like the standard boss. And it's gimmick is that you are constantly losing health. This level sucks. Can we just say it? This level I, sucks. It, it does sucks. Yeah. It, it, visually, it's stupid. Visually, like, it's extremely bland and boring. Um, I, I try just, to... Have, avoid this level uh i mean i i honestly take the aquas path a lot because i don't like titania i like sector x a lot i don't like titania and i don't like solar no it's very bland and then you're constantly getting hurt it's sending they'll send giant like waves of lava it's it's just yeah it's very bland to me um the third of these fourth stages is zonus which is my favorite of the of those three um which is just this like goopy polluted sea yeah it's not yeah. like the most visually diverse, but I just find it fun. And I think the enemies are fun. Um, and I get, enjoy the company of Cat Monroe. Yeah, who, oh, yeah. Uh, Ooh, yeah. Who is uh, Falco's uh, <laughs> old fling. Oh, oh, yeah. And he's um, just, you know, a huge douchebag, as always. Um, doesn't thank her really at all for her help. Um, and yeah, so to beat um the like this you just play this level regularly but the 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 special ending to this one is that there are these searchlights in the level and if you destroy all of them you will go to the harder of the fi- the fifth stages yes also um so i played star fox zero uh and you you said you had not is that correct uh i i think i played it like once briefly i didn't beat it yeah so i bought it i beat it um i think the only level i remember clearly is the zone s level um which is <laughs> why is it but I, I don't know it's just the only one i remember and cat monroe is there but i think i remember it because instead of uh like a normal flying level it's a stealth level where you send in like a little rover bot um, and you have to avoid the spotlights interesting yeah that game not great um it could mm. could have been not great but um for some reason that's like the only star fox zero level i remember is zone s yeah i i want to uh, i should mention now this game like i said is kind of like infinitely quotable and the voice acting is really fun 
And each one of the bosses kind of has its own, like, again, like one no personality. They just have just a couple one liners, really. My emperor. Yeah. I <laughs> failed you. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, time to try our ultimate weapon. <laughs> um, just we could go on all day with this. And that's another thing that just makes this game so fun. You hear these lines once and you just are re- want to repeat them. They're so good. It's contagious. They're so good. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, so those are the fourth stages. The fifth stage is the first of them is, well, what, it, what, it, what a wiki described as like the easiest one, which I completely disagree with, is Titania. Well, also too, like from here on out, no matter what you get, like these are challenging levels. The game is coming to an end. Yeah. Uh, Titania is the, the desert planet that you are only on because Slippy sucks at flying uh, and it's a landmaster level. Um. And you're just supposed to go to the end and save Slippy and fight this like desert boss. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, there's a lot of enemies in this level. I just, I just don't think this level is, I think this level is harder than the other two. I agree. I think, I think this is maybe the hardest landmaster level. I mean, there's only two landmaster levels, right? Or rather, I would say, I think this is the harder of the two. I don't like yeah. this one. I, Absolutely. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't no. like this one. I like, yeah, um, I like the one where you're chasing the train. And Mac- yeah, Macbeth is the, yes. uh, the, uh, the Scottish play. Um, <laughs> yes. The, uh, that, that's the other Landmaster level. And that well, I think is what's really, so- really fun. Okay, sorry. I just have to mention this. It's because some of the names are weird. Like Macbeth is kind of a weird name for a planet. Yeah. But also Titania is uh, a Midsummer Night's Dream reference, right? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm not, she's I'm not she's, uh, she's she's the queen of the fairies. Oh. So we have like two random Shakespeare references, which is kind of odd. But. Very weird. Yeah. Um. So this one aesthetically, what like you're chasing the train? I mean, I like yes. the color scheme of this level. Like, I like the the conductor boss thing. I mean, it, it's a fun level. It's a really it's a, this is a great landmaster level. Yeah, and you definitely have to make use of all of the landmaster's movement capabilities. Yes. Um, it's not because- an easy level. It's not. Uh, it's not an easy level, but I think compared to Titania, um, I just think this is done better because I don't know what it is about like the enemy layout or I just I like Macbeth because it, it clear it has a better sense of purpose. You're chasing the train and flipping these switches. Um, and I feel like there's more creative uses of the landmasters um, like floating ability um, and ability to kind of skirt to the left and right. I, I just think this is the better level for the landmaster. Agreed. Um, it's challenging, but not not overly so. Yeah. Um, if you just kind of beat the boss normally, uh, you will go on to the easier of the six stages, uh, the, the, the two sixth level stages, whatever you want to call it. Um, there are eight switches in this level. If you hit all eight of them and then hit the final switcher, the train will switch tracks and run into this like fuel depot and blow up. That's the special ending. And that will get you to the harder of the two six levels. Um, the last fifth level is sector z which is a kind of all range mode level uh where the great fox is kind of sitting in the middle of space and enemies are attacking it and there are missiles being shot at it and basically if you don't destroy all the missiles this great fox blows up yeah seem yeah seemingly <laughs> Um, I, I will say I appreciate that they, they do kind of make, you know, use of all the Buffalo with kind of every possible like space situation or encounter you could be in. There's kind yeah. of a corresponding level like, oh, defending the mothership. Like, that's a thing. And you do it here. Yeah. Um, but if you destroy all the all six missiles, you'll go to the harder of the two six stages. And also, if you help Cat, 
in zone s she will show up and help you destroy yes. one of the missiles her help is really not that meaningful in this level it's not that useful um the two six levels okay so the first is bullsy bulls i don't know i always said bulls i think i think i said bulls too this is just a defense satellite in all range mode kind of thing you're just yeah. shooting enemies taking down a shield uh hitting like these towers to get rid of the shields and then there's these um what i don't know weak spots on the core that you can blow up but if you did have not fought star wolf before star wolf will show up here which makes this significantly more difficult i would say yes um i like when they show up here i'd rather them show up because because sometimes the way i do the route like i don't think i've fought them by this point yeah um yeah it's fun and it, it's good to have this showdown kind of before the end also too, uh replaying this uh, a couple times recently there's like a weird if you can um there's a weird loop where if you can like get this that your r-wing directly like flying around in a perfect circle you can eliminate all of the like barrier towers in kind of like one yes I, I did that during my playthrough. It was fun. It's and I, very, I did it like by accident, like almost like muscle memory from doing it as a kid. Yeah, it's extremely satisfying mm -hmm. to pull off. Um, the other things that are really satisfying to pull off, though, is when Star Wolf shows up and one of them's far enough away and you have blue lasers and you just have uh, perfect aiming and you just take out. I've just taken out Wolf immediately. Yes. And it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, the second of the two six levels is area six, which I would say is fair to say is the hardest level standard level of, in the game. Yeah. I mean like our wing level. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you, in this one, you are really just, there's just like a space outpost and you are flying straight through Andros's defense fleet and killing everyone that you can um, this. I mean, there's only one way to beat this level. It's got a final boss that isn't that bad. I think just everything preceding it is difficult. Uh, yeah, agreed. Um, but a lot of the difficulty is in this is like if you want to get if you're doing this path and you want to get to Venom and do what we're going to describe as like the harder version of Venom, you want to get to this boss and beat this boss with at least double laser, double green laser. Oh yeah, doing yeah. beating this boss with a single green laser, basically doing any of this the this level and onward with a single green laser is just a nightmare. And almost, it, yeah. I would argue, I think I just start the game over. If I've I, never if I looked up. Um, I've never looked up. Do you know the, like the damage differential or how many times multiplied damage, uh, you know, having double laser and then I don't laser does. Yeah. I don't um, double blue laser. You can tell it feels significantly uh, more effective. The other thing that I'm not as sure about is in terms of damage and when you lose your wing and when you lose your laser. Cause I swear when I was playing it today, I got hit a lot in this level and I never lost my blue laser. Yeah, I, but I certain hits will just take your wings off or they'll make you lose your laser. I, I, I don't understand how it works. I wonder if, too, maybe that was a concession for this level because they kind of do it would be way too difficult because there are other differences like the Andros fight. There are ways to just lose your blue laser and down to one laser immediately. Um, fuck that part anyway well you sound a little uh, salty so tell us about venom well i was going to tell uh, say the first part of venom is so if you're arriving from bulls you kind of fight your way through venom like a standard linear level um fighting different like enemy waves and then you fight this kind of like golem mini boss uh and then you fight andros you kind of the andros fights foxes by himself 
and you fly through these different like paths. It's kind of like uh, kind of feels like you're invading the Death Star and Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Which and that's depend- kind of always how I thought about it. Depending on which path you take, there are, you know, certain things on some paths and not others. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then you fight kind of the standard form of Andros, which is a floating, a floating head and hands. Uh, which it's a fun boss fight. You got to take out the hands. And when he tries to suck in, suck, suck you in his mouth and then chew you up and spit you out, you just got to shoot a bomb into his mouth or break and get into the corner. Yeah. But then something weird happens when you shoot his face. What happens when you shoot his face? Well, you see, well, first of all, I don't think the real, regardless of what you think about dismembered floating heads, um, <laughs> the, uh, this is not the real Andros. This dismembered floating head and hands is actually a robot version. Oh, oh, oh. So I, I, for some reason, I thought you were you were t- about to tell me about like some Easter egg about shooting his face like earlier in the boss. Oh, no, just that uh, when you shoot his face and it comes off, <laughs> it, it is uh, a robot version. Yes, it, it is, is not the real Andros. And it is uh, so you didn't fully beat the game. Yeah, I, you know, Andros's true form makes slightly more sense than this. Not just barely, just barely. Uh, So if you arrive at Venom from Area Six, you fight Star Wolf, disfigured Star Wolf, in, in new ships, and this is a hard fight. You cannot lock onto them, uh, which I forgot until trying to do it today. Um, you can shoot them uh, yeah. with a lock-on laser, but they'll shield it, and yes. and and they can't. You can't bomb them either. Not that I ever really tried to. Um, if you end up in this fight with a single green laser and or less than all of your party members, this is a much much harder fight. Yeah, if you have two blue lasers and all of your party members, not that they're going to help you uh, like fight uh, Star Wolf, but just that they will distract um, yes. members if, of Star Wolf because anyone who's not trying to kill one of your party members is usually going after you. Sometimes they'll fly around aimlessly. And we should also note that when you lose party members in this game, which I would say is vastly the majority of the time I lose party members is because I killed them because I'm just trying to kill everything. (laughs) Agreed. Uh, They will be out for the rest of that level, the next level, and then they will be back after that. Yes. Um, but if you have double blue lasers and all of your teammates, um, it is more difficult, but it's, it's not awful. Um, talk, about, talk about the, the, the real Andros. Fight. Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, Andros's true form, um, is a giant brain. Yeah. Um, like a, like a big, like, like mother brain brain, um, with like weird eyes. So I assumed playing this that andros started as like the same size as fox and the same size as his nephew apparently andrew uh so either he was originally their size and then his brain grew you know who knows than a whale, scientists or he was always i kind of like the idea that he was always a freakish giant <laughs> i kind maybe, of do too maybe maybe part of the reason they banished him to venom is that just him walking around corneria just knocked over too many buildings yeah um, so I like that. But uh, once you uh, just defeat Andros, um, he decides to take you with him um, and you have to escape out of the tunnels that in the other version um, you kind of flew through. Yep. Uh, and, and you were guided by your father. Yeah. Who so it, unclear as to whether or not this is actually him and he's been alive the whole time or if Fox is kind of having like a vision. 
Yeah, I always saw it as a vision because Same. unless he was just hanging around Venom for 10 years, ready to just, you know, white up his arm. Right. And or maybe pilot. he was being imprisoned. I don't know. But in all these years, I've never cared enough to look up what's canon. No, I've always assumed that it was like the spirit of his dad kind of being there for him. Yeah. Um, the one thing I want to say about this before we wrap up is this boss fight. And I say this as someone who I think I think I'm good at this game generally. Uh, I'm not like pro at this game. I'm not speed running it and just doing like no hit like runs. But I think this is a hard boss fight. If you end up, he has these like kind of like tentacle things underneath him is the brain. And if you get caught in that, you say goodbye to your lasers and probably at least one of your wings. Yeah, because it's the kind of thing where it, you don't just get hit the one time. It's like you kind of get like barraged. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is tricky. Um, definitely harder than the Android boss uh, or Android, Android Andros, robot Andros. Yeah. I mean, the, ro- the, the robot Andros is so, it's a super fast fight. If yes. you have blue lasers, it's over in like a second. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, that's the game. Um, that was in fact the game. Yeah. Um, did we did we mention that you get like kind of a like the end uh, question yeah. mark for the like the first ending? And General Pepper like says, "Hey, join our army," and he's like, "No, we're Star Fox. Yeah. We play by our own rules. We march to the beat of our own drum." Yeah, that's what they want to believe. Yeah. Really, they're just a cog in the machine. <laughs> they are. Uh, um, but but as you mentioned, um, can should we jump to what works and what doesn't? Yeah, go ahead. Because that's the game. Yeah. As you mentioned, uh, I'll start with what works. Um, as you kind of mentioned earlier, uh, you know, this game really, um, like an hour um, from start to finish, yeah. uh, depending on what path you take. Um, even though we kind of broke down each level, um, it's, it's very fast paced. It's very quick. Uh, I love that. I love the replayability, um, especially in terms of different goals for getting to different zones. Um, it kind of changes the way you play. Um, I love the, the, just the simplicity of the upgrade system. Um, I love the landmaster. Like I said, uh, I wish we had an all range mode level for Aquas and landmaster, but you know, it's not a deal breaker. I mean, honestly, most things in this game work. Yeah. Um, the design, the colors, like it's a very vibrant, colorful game, um, except for like a couple levels are a little more muted. But the levels that do have a lot of color really pop. Um, like you said, the voice acting is like silly, but not dumb. Well, it is dumb. It's dumb and silly, but in a very lovable way, like a very yeah. quotable way, like you said. It, there's there's um, certainly like there's bad voice acting. This isn't bad voice. No, acting. it's I, it's endearing. Yeah, like, it, it's endearing. Um, yeah, I'm going to say like everything. I think oftentimes games uh, get criticized for being too short. But honestly, I think most games are just too long. Um, yep, and this this is this is a really good length if you want to sit down and have a really fun hour. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'm going gonna, gonna to say almost everything. What doesn't work? Like I said, you know, I wish we had a little more Landmaster uh, Blue Marine stuff. Um, but not the end of the world. I don't love solar. Um, that's not yep. really my favorite, but honestly, that's it. I, I really like this game. Yeah, I do too. I, I'm going to be a little pickier about what doesn't work, but if it works for me, like everything you said and everything we've been saying, it's, it's a bare bones, simple streamlined game. You don't need much more than it has. I do wish it had like one more landmaster level. Um, it just works really well. Um, what doesn't work to me. And I tried to like, think about this a little more as I was playing and pay more attention to, to annoyances and 
as I say this, I, I'm realizing you can change your perspective. Um, you can do like a in the cockpit view. I don't why? love it. Why? Why, why do that? But why do so that? the reason I bring that up is because there are times um, in chaotic levels at the end, especially area six, where I find the sh- your ship to actually be a little bit too big and taking up too much of the screen. I, yeah, I actually agree. I, I will agree with you on that. Um, and I, so I had that problem as well, but I kind of shrugged it off as a result of playing handheld. No, For some reason it's I not any better. I, th- I just thought it was a weird like brain thing. Like because my brain was seeing it on a smaller screen, it made the ship seem bigger um, than it would on a TV. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I didn't experience that like phenomena like when I was doing handheld versus on the TV. I, I kind of always thought this. Um, there's just certain times where I think that it, it could it'd be better if you were a little smaller because sometimes they, the way they throw enemies at you in waves and especially if you're trying to get medals or trying to get like kill a certain amount of enemies. Um, you can't always see who's coming at you because you're literally in the way. Um, yeah. Now, now that you're saying that, I would say the same thing for the landmaster. I think the yes. landmaster, not mm-hmm. even zoomed out. I just, just shrink, like just shrink that, uh, yes. like those polygons. Yep. Um, I think that as good as the aiming is, I think sometimes it's a little slippery and allies get into your site too much. And that's may only really a complaint if you're trying to get as many points as possible. Um, yeah, we should be clear. Like yeah. you mentioned, if enemy or I'm sorry, if your teammates go down, um, they will eventually come back. But honestly, like you could immediately kill all of your teammates constantly. And there's really no neg- negative effect on the game besides you. More. Except Star Wolf. Well, yeah, you'll be fucked for Star Wolf. But I mean, like if you're playing this, picking up and playing this game for the first time and you accidentally kill Falco, like don't worry about Whatever. it. Whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, a little other minor annoyances. Like if you, if you, if you die in later levels, I kind of mentioned, if you don't get laser upgrades, it can be very, very difficult to progress the game. Um, and I think that is actually, and, and some someone who's really fucking good at this game will probably come and tell me like, you're wrong. Like it's actually not that hard or actually you can do this. Cause there are certain things, there are certain tricks to getting like, if you want a laser upgrade, sometimes all you need to do is just kill like a certain subset of enemies, but you don't yes. know. It's not always immediately clear which ones, but th- I think there are times where when in later in the game, when you like uh, you fight star wolf on venom and you die, you start over with one laser yeah. and it sucks. Like sometimes I just start over. Like it really sucks. Yeah, there were multiple times, specifically on Star Wolf, uh, because I was playing on the Switch. Um, I like save scummed it, um, oh, so I didn't. Oh my! Yeah, why didn't I, I do that? Yeah, why was... didn't you do that? You can create restore points like literally at any moment you want. Oh, <laughs> that yeah. would maybe get to the game a little bit faster. Yeah, I, I like I I got there and I I was like fuck this. I tried it once and I was just like I can't be like because I got there with like only Slippy. And I just got like, he got shot down and I killed like maybe one of them and then I died. And then I started over with the green laser. I tried, I think I killed maybe one of them. I said, fuck this. I started over. Yeah, no, I used the, I can't believe I didn't think of it. Okay. Well, next time I'm going to do that. Um, And then I would say lastly, like, I don't like solar aquas. I think is kind of seems like an afterthought. Um. You can and, see what they were. You can see what they were going for, but it's the kind of thing where, like, yeah, it feels like it's eighty percent of the way there. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. 
would you want to live in the Corneria system? Don't know enough. Not enough yeah, definition to this world. And I say that as someone who doesn't know or care about the lore and greater canon. See, here's the thing. This is what would determine it for me. Uh, two things, I guess. One, are there humans in this world? Like at all, anywhere? Probably not. Probably not. Um, so that would be a no for me. But two, um, does space travel enable you? Like, wh- I don't know enough about Star Fox lore to know, like, are there other systems? Can we travel throughout the galaxy? Like, how big is the scope of, like, Star Fox? Yeah. Um, I think if it were, like, Star Wars, where you could be, like, you know, zip-zopping around the entire galaxy, uh, you know, maybe. Uh, but eh, probably no. Yeah. Um, yeah, I say I say no. Um, if this was a movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I did. I just did a standard like just keep this movie simple. Have it be like a swift 90 minutes animated. And I just came up with the I came up with seven people. OK, for a voice cast. Yeah, please, please. Uh, I got Bradley Cooper as Fox. Whoa, I like that. I think you'll like mine for Fox. I look forward to it. Uh, I do you want to just trade off? Let's trade off. Um, Go, well, yeah, yeah. Okay, so my Fox was Tom Holland because I wanted like a fresh young Fox. I like that. That works. Yeah, yeah. Um, Peppy, I have John C. Riley. Uh, okay, that's a good one. Um, I had Wilford Brimley. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's even better. Which is also pretty good. That's. I mean, I, I, along the Wilford Brimley line, uh, Kurt Russell would be a good Peppy, also. Oh yeah, I like that. Uh, Slippy, I have Charlie Day. I put the least amount of thought into Slippy. Yeah, Slippy, I had, which I, this is Dreamcasting, um, the boy who played Aang in Avatar The Last Airbender, <laughs> who is now an adult, but I would like to be a child and do the Aang voice again. Okay, yeah. I love, that works. Yeah, because uh, I was like, I was trying to think of like child actors, like for a child voice for him. And I was like, I, I don't know child actors. True. I, I didn't even, I don't really know them either. I, I tried not to think about it. Uh for Falco, I put uh, in speaking of like voice actors, I put Phil Lamar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's he's just great. I mean, instantly recognizable. So uh, based on our green room discussion, I'm going to change my Falco. Um, I'm going to change my Falco to Benicio del Toro, <laughs> um, who I think could really own it. He's very he's very versatile. And I, we both think we should he should get into more voice acting. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. Um, who else? Oh, oh yeah, Andros. Uh, I have Benedict Cumberbatch. That's a really good one. Um, fuck, who is my Andros? Kanye West. Okay, <laughs> he might as well be. Um, <laughs> I can't remember. Um, let's see. Off the top of my head, who would make a good Andros? Um, Sly Stallone, I feel like could be a good Andros. No, that would be terrible. too distracting. I would oh, say. no, no. Okay. I remember. Yes. Okay. Because this was, uh, the Tom Holland, uh, cause I was inspired by Spider-Man No Way Home, oh, uh, which I recently saw. Um, I thought Alfred Molina would oh, be a Alfred great Molina. Oh, yeah, actually, you're right. That would be I better. I was about to say Willem Dafoe, but actually no, that, that Alfred would Molina be would be an excellent Andros. I think. Um, I like that. Uh, so I did Wolf and Pigma. I didn't do Leon or. Andrew, I don't know why I stopped there, but Wolf, uh, because I felt inspired. Uh, Wolf, I have Keith David. Okay. Who was really good, I think. He, I mean, he can play good guy and bad guy. I just, I think he's he's got a great voice for it. He could probably be Andros even. Um, who, did you do Wolf or no? I did not. Uh, and then Pigma, Mark Hamill. 
Okay. All right. <laughs> I appreciate that. I think I need that. Um, yeah, that's that's my that's my cast. Kingdom I, Hearts. Kingdom Hearts corner. I struggled with how to turn this into like a coherent Kingdom Hearts level. Oh, I gotcha. And please, yeah. Oh, and this is something that Nomura hasn't done. This is a gummy ship level. <gasps> this is this is a gummy ship specific level. There's nothing on the ground. You have you Sora. Son of a gun. You have Sora fighting through like a like three to five of the levels in a row, culminating in an Andros fight where Fox joins you. Um, no Keyblade. Uh, just kind of like permanent laser upgrades for the gummy ship you could use later in the game. How did I not think of the gummy ship? I was like, because the gummy ship is an afterthought in the Kingdom Hearts games. <sighs> yeah, except that's it's true. not. The, actually, no, that's you're right. I'm wrong. That's the problem with the gummy ship is it's actually very thought out, but horribly just it just a stupid part of the games. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, so I like really struggled with how to turn this into a Kingdom Hearts level because I was like, but you have all the planets. Like, how how do you how does that work? Do you pick one? So like, I'm not. I don't love any of these ideas really. Uh, but one was like a central hub, which was Corneria, and then maybe you had like portals or like gates that would take you to little mini zones that would like represent each planet. I don't love that idea. My other idea was just pick one planet. And so I was like Venom. And then my other idea with that is, which is an idea I've used before. Like what if Venom was like somewhere like on the planet that the Keyblade graveyard is in because they're kind of similar. <laughs> back to the Keyblade graveyard. I know it always comes back to Keyblade. Gotta get some mileage out of that. I know, but the, the gummy ship idea is like far and away so much better. It makes so much more sense. Thank you. I was, I was happy with it. Um, um, oh, and you know how you get gummy ship blueprints uh, for you yeah. know, various missions? Uh, I think the, the gummy ship blueprint you should get for your level would oh. be like the, the, the Great Fox. Yeah. Don't you think like a mini Great Fox gummy yeah, ship blueprint? I'd, I'd yeah, like that. That'd be cute. Yeah. Um, I couldn't think of a Keyblade either. Because again, I was like, it's the whole system. Like, how do I pick like one thing? So I was like, I don't know, like have the keychain be an R-Wing and have it be like a... I, I cheated, uh, but also I, I think I have the, the, the idea of getting like permanent laser upgrades for the gummy ship, I think is a good substitute for a keyblade. Oh, so I, I didn't or, totally cheat. That wasn't well, that. And, and that's that's where my idea with the blueprint was, because like yeah. instead of a keyblade, you get, you know, a blueprint for a ship. So, yeah. Um, fan fiction corner this week has been uh, <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Uh, interesting. I think that. uh of all of the games or franchises we have covered up to this point, I would say that Star Fox has the most crossover appeal. Uh, yeah. And with, it, the, it, with the one exception being, well, I guess we haven't technically covered Kingdom Hearts. We just talk about it. Will we ever cover it? I hope maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah. So I always look for crossovers. And here's the thing about uh, this, this Star Fox fan fiction journey. Um, so every single, um, crossover or almost every single one, I was like, that kind of makes sense. Um, so let's, I felt the same way about the couple, a couple that I saw and one that is fucking stupid. I I have like six things I'm going to rattle off to you after you're done with yours. Yeah, so I, first, I'm just going to read the various different, like, crossovers, because I was looking desperately for one that just, like, makes no sense and couldn't work. But so, because Star Fox is, like, humanoid animals, space battles, general sci-fi themes, 
like robots, crazy scientists. Like it fits so many things. Yeah. So I was like Ratchet and Clank. Yep. It makes sense. Yeah. I saw that one. Yep. Uh, Doom weirdly makes sense. Yeah. Digimon makes sense. Oh, I didn't see that one. Um, let's see. Lilo and Stitch makes sense. Jimmy Cowboy, Neutron. Cowboy Bebop. Makes sense. Cowboy Bebop weirdly makes sense. Winnie the Pooh makes sense. Yep. Ghostbusters, oddly enough, I think you could make it work. Oh, I, I didn't All say dogs go to heaven makes sense because they're animals. Um, <laughs> like the Elder Scrolls. Weirdly, I think they could show up in the Elder Scrolls. Um, also, uh, I mean, obviously Animorphs. There was one that like well, I, obviously. I started drooling over. Um, but yeah, there, I was just like, I think Star Fox secretly has like endless appeal. Um, but the ones that I did find, I, I very intentionally try to find ones that like they're these should not exist. Um, okay. So one of them I found, I found two that were crossovers with television shows. Um, so one was <laughs> one was a King of the Hill Star Fox crossover. Oh wow! Um, and it's called King of the Fox. Original. Um, it's three chapters, um, but those three chapters are all in a single post. Um, it's 684 words, uh, and it has two favorites. Um, so would you like me to read a selection? Of course. Okay. All right. Chapter one, a rough beginning. Uh, also, I'm going to read this with all typos and spelling errors included. Please. It is after the Battle of Andros. Many have fallen. All that is left over is Fox and Crystal, but it would never be the same without Falco constantly bickering at Fox in the middle of a dogfight. Also numerous others now all deceased. One sentence, no punctuation. As time passed, Fox and Crystal started noticing each other more. Besides, they are the only ones on the ship. Slowly, the two start letting guard down on each other. Fox, Crystal talking to him for the first time since the battle. Yeah, Crystal, he asked curiously. I found this in the storage bay. Is it yours? She asked. Yes, it is. And I am trying to forget about it. He said in a soft tone. Oh, okay. What exactly is this? She replied. Fox then said in a quiet but upset tone, a book with pictures of team. Um, interesting. There was so a lot cra- of fan fiction with Crystal in it that I was trying to avoid. Yeah. So then we'll pick up uh, to in the middle of when they crash uh, into the world of, uh, of King of the Hill. Dale then screamed, ah, I'm sorry. Don't kill me. What? Don't kill you. You tried to kill me, Fox said in an anger tone. Are you all right, Fox? Crystal asked, worrying. Fox, rubbing his head, replied, yeah, I'm okay. Dale's Dale's shocked, trying to let the words out. You're not evil space invaders. (laughs) Uh, Let's jump ahead. Uh, So Dale promises to replace their broken spaceship parts. Um, And let's see. Uh, I don't even, I'm not even sure if our technology is able to replace parts of yours. And it's worth to try. Can you get some components? Also, you two can stay at my house if you want. Fox knowned, I think they meant nodded. He began to help Crystal salvage prats of the ship. The end. <laughs> now, I will say what angers me most about this fan fiction is that in the description, it promises, quote, they have odd adventures with Dale, Bill, Boomhauer, and Hank. Uh, and all we have here is barely what I would call an adventure with Dale. Yeah. Um, none of the other characters. Also, this was written in 2012, so I don't think we're getting any follow-ups. No, we're not. Uh, that's really disappointing. I was hoping there would be a lot more. Um, yeah, so the other one I got... Why is this... What did, why am I doing this? Why did this ad pop up? Of course. 
Uh, the other one is a crossover with uh, the Disney Channel original series, That's So Raven. Oh, of course. Um, I don't know if you're aware of the, the show, natural so crossover. Yeah, with Star Fox. Um, I'm aware. Some... I'm aware of that show. I did not watch it, though. Yeah. So I'm aware of it. Basically, all I understand of it is that uh, Raven Simone of Cosby Show fame is a sassy teen with psychic powers. At each episode, she has a psychic vision and then hijinks ensue. Um, is what I'm to believe. I didn't um, know that. Yeah. What? May I read you th- this piece in its entirety? Always. Yes. So it's called Reaching for Your Dreams. <clears throat> this is a, that's a Raven Star Fox. Lovely. Yeah. Raven was eating a ton of nachos and you could have sworn that it sounded like a thunderstorm <laughs> in her mouth as loud as her teeth were chewing. She was watching the B movie and she thought that the movie was so sexy that she could believe that there was a tornado <laughs> outside. But of course, there was nothing wrong because she couldn't even speak Japanese. Um, so I seriously That's questioned it? as no, there's more. But oh. I seriously question whether this is written by a human or a bot. I think I, I'll, I'll go on. Sounds like a I'll bot. go on. Raven decided it was now time to do something productive besides eating nachos. And that didn't even taste that fresh. She figured that the best thing she could do with her time was to get in her R wing and fight some (laughs) bad guys. She got inside and soon was over Minneapolis. And there she saw her other companions, Fox McCloud, Peppy and Slippy. No Falco, I I guess. Did I miss anything? Asked Raven as she looked at the coupons in her purse, as she was getting ready to fire some lasers. If she saw any enemies that needed to be taken care of. Not yet, said Fox, as all of a sudden a huge mothership appeared from another dimension and started firing lasers at birds. This was extremely annoying, and they decided that now was the time to fight. The end. I loved every second of that. That was so, actually one of my favorite things you've ever found. Right? So, bots <laughs> or human? I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I guess I don't think I really ever want to know. I don't. I don't. I don't care. Enough, I also love that. I also love that the title is "Reaching for Your Dreams." There's a lot going on there. Lots to unpack with that one. Uh, it's it's. Uh, but I loved it. Yeah. So uh, tell me what you have found. Um, just really quick. I mean, like I mentioned, Cowboy Bebop found like a crossover there. I found a Smurf crossover, which Ooh. was just the first two levels of the game, and like describing the first two levels of the game with all the game dialogue with just the word Smurf. You know as it does just replacing a bunch of words. Yeah. I love that. Um, There are two Sonic crossovers. Yeah. Both were terrible. Uh, One. I'm not even going to bother. The other one is just, just insufferable story. And I say story with air quotes about Sonic and tails joining star Fox. and, And it just breaks the fourth wall because they all are aware of the fact that their lines are memes. So when they say bear, do a barrel roll, they're like, oh, my God, he said the thing from the meme. It's just see, here's the most disappointing part of that to me. Sonic the Hedge, like Sonic the Hedgehog gets put into so many franchises that he has no business being in. Yeah. Star Fox is the one that he actually makes sense in. He, it does make sense. And just no, they even spelled tails wrong. What? Yeah. <sighs> this is outrageous. I know. Uh, but the best one I found is a is a uh, is a story called Space Case Soda. It's a yep. short story. Did you find Space this case, one? I did not. Space Case Soda, like S O D A. Yes. Soda. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm gonna just read the first paragraph, then explain what happens. The rest of the story. It's again, it's a very short story. It's like a one chapter thing. He looked at the bottle's label as he walked to his room on the Great Fox. Space Case Soda. 
star strawberry. A blast of taste in your mouth. Increase and enhance your sex life. Yeah, it is a weird thing a soda has to offer. Sexual enhancement. Yet only fitting since it is targeted for the adult demographic, obviously. So is that on the label or is that Star Fox's inner monologue? Uh, Unclear. Um, (laughs) Because I like imagining that all of that is on the label. uh, Fox McCloud is drinking this. He got this as a part of a reward for a mission he did. And this is not Star Fox 64 specific, uh, but I don't care because it was too. uh, I had to bring this up. So here's the premise and I'm not going to read. It's not actually that like juicy to read. Like it's not like poorly, poorly written or anything like that. I'll just tell you the gist of this story, please. Fox drinks this soda that has sexual enhancement side effects. He starts masturbating. And as he's doing that, he slowly turns into a woman and there is like a graphic depiction of gender change happening in real time. Like his like dick turns, like goes inside him and then it pop a vagina pops out. Mm. Uh, he, so he turns into a woman and then he touches, she touches herself some more and like plays with <laughs> her poops. And then he just right. goes and shows Slippy and Falco what happened. Okay. To, listen, to be fair, if you suddenly became a woman right now, wouldn't you do basically the same thing? Without a doubt. But yeah. it's just, uh, I, I don't know. It's just, I mean, so, okay. It, it just, I, I love how it ends where he's just like, I got to show Slippy and Falco. So he does. So here's the thing. And the last okay. line is, this is definitely going to be a long week. <laughs> the end. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If I became a woman suddenly, that would be a long week. But here's the thing about like, because would you say it's it's fair to say that there is like a subgenre of like, gender swap fiction that people oh, absolutely tend to, tend to sexualize and it tends most to be of it is of just like not that interesting girls. right but i think this one was interesting well also too all of those things make it seem to be like such a naughty thing that you would become the opposite you know sex and then want to explore your new body like it's such an that's like the mm. first thing any rational person would do right yeah it's like you got a new car. You got to give it a test drive. Yeah. I mean, and I don't read it thinking that's ridiculous. It's just so funny in this context. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. I think when it comes to Star Fox, like it's kind of a franchise where literally like basically anything goes that the idea of Fox becoming uh, transforming into a female and like pleasuring himself and then showing Falco and Slippy in my brain. I was just like, yeah, I see that. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yep. Oh my goodness, Star Fox. Oh man. Well, that was it, right? Yeah, that was it. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was our journey into Star Fox 64. Um, as we said though, like abs- if you have the opportunity, if you can easily play it, like must play, right? If you have not played this, absolutely must play. without it. Um, and I will say for a Nintendo 64 mm-hmm. game, it still holds up extremely well extremely well i played it recently multiple times uh you know 2021 2022 um very fun yeah Um, Yeah. like i said if you have the switch nintendo 64 expansion there's no reason why you shouldn't check it out yep um but speaking of checking things out what have you been checking out uh want me to rattle off a list of the many many movies i've watched since we last recorded give me uh your three favorite uh all right this is not one of my favorites, but I need to tell tell you that I have we got to talk about the Matrix Resurrections. Oh yeah, we do. 
Uh, I also rewatched the original Matrix. Uh, all right, my three favorites of the new stuff because I watched like for I, Miranda and I spent like our New Year's with a couple friends watching uh, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, and Two Towers. Um, so obviously that was great. Um, new movies I watched that were great. Uh, Licorice Pizza, the new Paul Thomas Anderson movie, fantastic. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about it's, it. It's 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 fantastic. There, I honestly only have like one complaint. There's a little bit of there's like a very culturally insensitive scene in it that just was completely out of place and didn't had had no place in the movie at all. Doesn't hmm. serve any purpose. It just it was a, it was a bad joke. Um, the other uh, is the power of the dog. Uh, also a movie I've heard. Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, yeah. Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons. Great movie. Uh, and the other, I kind of pick between a couple. Pig. The Nicolas Cage movie. <gasps> yeah. Did you watch it? I have not. I have um, a coworker that her and her boyfriend are diehard Cage fans. And she, <laughs> all, she has been telling me about Pig. Yes. It, it's not what I expected. Uh, it has, I won't, without saying too much, it has it seems like it could go into a become a certain type of movie and then just doesn't. And I was initially disappointed, but I very, that very quickly subsided. And I was just like, I'm along for the ride, whatever Nicholas cage has got for me. Let's do this. It's a very good Nicholas cage performance. Um, yeah. Uh, video game wise, I picked up uh, Spider-Man miles Morales. I've been playing that. Um, tried to start replaying breath of the wild kind of got through the first initial tutorial area and then have been playing persona four nice and watching a lot of one piece very nice uh i have been continuing to read one piece um i'm on chapter like 400 now i think um it continues to be extremely good um i have been continuing to kind of check in with the anime and watch like the fights i like but primarily reading the manga um, I cannot wait for you to finish the Skypea arc. Um, I, the arc. It's my favorite arc so far. I, was, I meant to tell you that before we recorded. I'll tell you now. Uh, it, it is, I mean, I still have like 40 episodes to go in it, but it has been the only arc in this, the only saga in the entire anime so far where I am, I don't think there's a single episode where I'm not like, this is not engaging. Like I, it's been engaging every single episode. Yeah, and it could, yeah, it will continue to be. Awesome. Um, and I think the villain in that arc is very, very fun. I can't wait. Um, the arc I'm on now is also sublime. Um, there, there's like a there's a bit of a slump uh, after Skypea, but you know, can't blame can't blame the creator. Um, and I'm sure in the anime, there's like 700 episodes of filler probably after Skypea. But uh, there's like a, a brief filler arc in the manga, and then um, the story arc afterwards is also extremely strong. Um, so mm. I'm loving that. I'm loving One Piece. Um, in terms of video games, um, I got a bunch of video games around the holidays. Um, I also got an Xbox series X, um, Interesting. surprisingly, my sister won it in a raffle. Um, I haven't even opened it yet and I don't really know what to do with it. And I would like your advice perhaps on the air, um, because Throw I it in the trash. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, because I was really dead set on getting a PlayStation five. Um, however, because this kind of dropped into my lap. Uh, I was thinking about just keeping it. Um, my other option was to like sell it and use the money to get a PlayStation 5. My other option was maybe to keep it. Um, and with Elden Ring coming up, I was going to get it on PS4. But now that I have this Series X, I'm like, maybe I just upgrade and get Elden Ring on the Series X. What do you think? Well, my so my opinion is very biased. I don't think 
Xbox is worth owning unless you like to play multiplayer games or if you think their game pass is the greatest thing on earth since sliced bread, uh, which I don't don't care about their game pass. Um, if I, the only game I ever really would care about playing for Xbox is halo. Um, and I'm just kind of out of that phase of my life. I don't really like playing multiplayer games online anymore. Or, I mean, I like playing like co-op dark souls and shit like that, but I don't, I don't look to play like battle Royale games, all that kind of stuff. It's just not for me. Um, I would sell it and get a PS5 because I think you and I both know that PlayStation exclusives are much more up your alley than anything Microsoft could possibly have to offer as an exclusive. Yes, games like Elden Ring will be on Xbox. Demon's Souls remake won't be. And Um, and there's plenty of other. Anything that comes out, if there's another, or if they do like... You're just going to get a PS5. You you know you're just going to get a PS5 eventually anyway. So you might as well, if if you don't think you're going to utilize this... I would sell it. But if you want to play Elden Ring right away, which I'm not even sure I'm going to do, um, because not many people I know or people I know who have a PS5, I don't think are even going to be getting it. And I won't have as much FOMO. And so that's the thing, too. I was wondering in general, like, even if I had a PS5, do I get Elden Ring for PS5 or do I get it for PS4? PS4 will have definitely a wider player base on day one. And to like everything I've seen, which is limited, but all the trailers and the gra- like, it seems like it was very much designed for, you know, PlayStation 4 and that generation. So I don't even really know how much upscaling or like, I'm sure it'll be load times will be reduced, but I don't really know how much of like a transcendent experience it will be playing. I don't, like- I don't think it'll be transcendent. I think that the graphical upgrade will be worth it. I don't, I think the, the idea of, player base isn't going to be negligible you're, you're, you're going to encounter who you encounter i there are a lot of people who have ps5s when i played demon souls there were plenty of people playing that game yeah true um but yeah ultimately i think you you get you're going to eventually invest in a playstation 5 um to me the only reason not to get a if you're not going to get a playstation 5 get a pc not a, <laughs> yeah play pc true. games instead of I, i'm just not i'm not i'm not an xbox guy well, yeah, I looked up the Game Pass and there are a lot of really great games there. But again, it's like, I'm just kind of sick of subscription models. And you plus know? Sony's going to do their own. Sony's going to do their own. And, you know, it's like, do I want to play Fallout 3 again? Like, yeah, absolutely. That would be amazing. Yeah, but like, you, I, do you have I, all the time in the world to do that? No. Well, no, <laughs> but also too, like, if I did want to do that, I would, I would rather just buy the game off of like an online store through Xbox than pay for a subscription service where, Fair. you know, like, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, but that's been a uh, Xbox Series X corner. Cool. I, I have a lot of negative opinions about that. Uh, very biased opinions. Um, but yeah, uh, thank everyone for listening. Um, I'm gonna be. We're gonna, I'm gonna upload this episode pretty quickly after we record it, and then uh, next week we will be releasing an episode we had previously recorded about the movie Nine. Yeah, uh, not, <laughs> um, is that the musical? Uh, it, it is not the Daniel Day-Lewis uh, musical directed by, I think, Rob Marshall. I was I was really debating whether to, to say that now or wait for the, the episode where I <laughs> hammer that joke till it's dead. It's fine. Uh, but you can get a preview of that now. Yeah. <laughs> so if you like uh, jokes about which movie nine is it, uh tune in uh at next week uh i also think you're being generous saying jokes it's a it's joke it's, it's a it's, single it's, you're right it's, it's a it's single joke. brilliant joke yeah yeah 
So. Um, and if you, uh, you know, want to read more about Fox uh, having a, a gender change, um, you know, I'll send you the link. Yeah. And if you want to pay me or, you know, $700 for an Xbox or just swap me an unopened PS5, get in touch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And if you want to just, you know, give us money, uh, let me know. Not you. Just, <laughs> just, just message me and uh, we can arrange something. Not for the podcast, just for us to personally spend on ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you some. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I couldn't do this without you. I know. I mean, what are you going to talk to yourself for an hour and a half? If only. All right. <laughs> we're, we're done here. We're done here. <laughs>